all spiritual traditions agree that Star Trek is right, that the ego is a Klingon. And the ego, like the Klingon, is a fictional character in a fictional film of its own delusional making. So it's not of the real world. It's an extraterrestrial. But the problem with the ego is it massively clings on to whatever it can that will actually obscure its own reality, its own beingness. Even if it has to cling on to something that is excruciatingly painful. In fact, for some egos, especially when it's excruciatingly painful, that's what they choose to cling on to. Because to let go of that means to fall into the void, not of outer space, but of inner space, and become depersonalized. Lost in the emptiness of pure consciousness. And so you could say that this reduces to the fear of going mad, fear of psychosis. And that when the ego gets even remotely close to that, it will create something to make it feel normal, even if that normal is suffering but a suffering that the other usually can sympathize with and therefore enmesh with you and keep one from being alone in that empty universe of pure being. And so every ego is an obscuration of the aloneness of the supreme reality which is often referred to as one without a second, but actually more accurately can be called zero without a one. Because that ultimate reality, no matter what you call it, even if you want to place on it another illusion of some mythical concept of God, is not a, an object, in fact, that one can cling on to. You can cling, cling on to your imagination about ultimate reality. But that's no better than clinging on to an illusion about phenomenal reality. You're still clinging on to a source of suffering because it obscures your own freedom. And so the path of spiritual development is about facing that you have no face. And facing the reality without holding on to external props. Whether those props are addictions and gross behavior patterns and beliefs 
where they are the more subtle monkey mind and scenarios of the repetition compulsion or master signifiers that give one a an illusionary identity. And so the challenge of being truly on a path that is authentic is can you be without clinging to anything, radically without clinging, not just to any other person in your life or situation in your life, but cling on even to the illusion that you are a subject in a world of objects. Because ultimate reality requires the collapse of this subject-object dualism that is also conceptual. It's a superimposition over the real of a grid of meanings that create the illusion of this space and time, matter, energy, and all of the other fundamental concepts by which we organize our understanding and navigation through this reality that becomes a dream field once it has been superimposed upon in no matter what way. And while the Buddhists are accurate in saying, yes, you need to live in the two truths, there is a conventional reality and ultimate reality, and for purposes of dealing with conventional reality, keeping your bank account balanced and dealing with people at the phenomenal plane who are in that illusion, you need to be able to deal with it. But you can only deal with it without suffering if you are beyond it in the ultimate reality. So the idea of any spiritual path is not to leave the conventional reality behind, but to recognize that even this split between ultimate reality and conventional reality is a convention. And that you don't believe in it. You free yourself from any naive realism, quote-unquote, that accepts this world created by the illusion of the ego as real so that you will not suffer from the events in this world or from the ignorance that generalizes to having many consequences, unintended as well as intended, so that you can live in this world as a being of wisdom, a being in peace, without neurotic or psychotic suffering, and without even the ordinary suffering that Freud says you cannot get beyond. Pain perhaps won't end, but suffering over whatever seems to be going wrong, quote-unquote, doesn't have to be part of one's world, one's umwelt. That can be left behind, and that's the only practical benefit of the spiritual quest, is that you have left that behind, and you can act in the world wisely, but always knowing that the one who is acting in the world to bring peace, order, greater happiness, etc., is an illusion. Because you are not the body 
or the voice that speaks through the body. You are not anything to do with that phenomenal plane because this is a dream field and you have to not be the dreamy but the dreamer if you want to have some real effect upon the dream field and not just some illusion of reforming a situation or trying to make things better which always tends to make things worse in reality. Just like every political revolution in the world has actually made the situation of people in that country worse off. There's never a single example of it being an improvement. Because the real revolution can only take place from a transcendent position in which there is non-resistance and non-duality and non-intentionality. So none of that can actually be achieved from within the construct of the ego mind or even of the soul, which we can say is a slightly subtler paradigm, but only from the absolute. So if you want to be a healer within this frame of reference, you first of all have to ask yourself why is it in order to look good, have prestige, to feel good about oneself, a healer in whatever way, medically, politically, whatever field of endeavor. But to act in the world as the zero, as no one, so that the power of that supreme intelligence that is not personal acts without any obscuration and without any false intention that creates karma rather than liberation from karma with whomever you are in relationship. Because you are never in relationship with anyone but yourself. And to recognize that, you're always seeing a reflection of some aspect of yourself. If it's in the ego, it's usually a shadow projection. But it can also be a projection of the ideal self that you cannot own yet, or even a good self that you cannot own yet, that you project on someone else. But all of that that happens in duality, regardless of whether it's good or bad, it could be on a spectrum of whether it's healthier or unhealthier, or more well-adapted or less well-adapted, but it's still within the plane of delusion. And so all of the spiritual traditions are in agreement that only through the transcendence of the belief in the illusory world as having true reality, and the recognition that what you are cannot be grasped and cannot be clung on to. That you can only reach it by letting go of any conceptualization of that which you are. Is why the practice of meditation is so essential. But that meditation must be based on the recognition that nothing you could think can be reality. Because thinking itself is embedded in the illusion of duality. It is adapted to duality. There can be skillful use of words to point to the moon better than other words that might point in different directions. But the finger pointing to the moon is never the moon. You are the moon, 
but you cannot point to yourself. And you cannot grasp yourself. You can only be that which you are by refusing to grasp anything at all. So this is what must be kept in mind in the first phase of meditation. To let go of the mind that is trying to understand and grasp reality because that is the obstacle. The striving itself is what keeps you distant from the goal. You are the goal when the striving stops but stops beyond the event horizon of the belief that you are some being who is in relation to ultimate reality rather than you are ultimate reality. So letting go of all beliefs and simply continuing the question wordlessly, which is a seeking inward of the source of your awareness and then abiding in the silent stillness of presence without thinking about it is the only way to encounter the real of what you are. And this is the cure for everything that ails you, every kind of suffering that cannot be cured or healed by any method. The only way out is to go in deep enough that there is no superimposition left. You have gone to the subtlest level of whatever sanskaras, whatever self-images, whatever imposed signifiers have been recorded in the mind to the pure mind that is the ultimate innermost core of your awareness. Abide there and all of the dimensions of suffering, the strata of suffering, will dissolve. But that's something you should experiment for with yourself and discover for yourself, not take it as a belief. But if you abide as the silent presence, then reality will be realized. Let's begin to realize. 